this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Hello, and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing. I'm your host, Erin Marlowe, and each week I'm joined by a panel of guests to discuss all things fandom and pop culture, primarily from a female perspective. You'll find everything from fanfic, to cosplay, to Schitt's Creek, to Supernatural, and everything in between. So put on your favorite piece of fandom merch, set aside that fanfic that you're writing about your OTP, and sit back and enjoy this week's episode. And welcome to It's a Fandom Thing. We are continuing our celebration of Black History Month and our celebration of women as well with a discussion of the amazing Beyonce. And I'm very happy because I have Carla with me to discuss this amazing artist, singer, songwriter, dancer, actress. I mean, someday, I don't know if she will also be an EGOT Winner like Viola Davis just became an, we're recording this on Sunday the 5th, and Viola Davis just became an EGOT winner today. I don't know if everybody knows that, but yeah, she just won an Emmy or Grammy. I mean, not an Emmy, a Grammy today. So, yes, so she is now officially an EGOT winner. Um, if you don't know what that is, that means you win an Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, and Tony. So, congratulations to Viola Davis, and maybe someday that will be. Beyonce. I don't know. Has Beyonce hasn't done anything on I was like looking Broadway. No. Not on stage, no. No, which is surprising. Yeah, right. Honestly. That's really surprising to me. But that's why I was like, wait a minute. She hasn't, has she? No. But uh, a little bit about Beyonce. If you don't I mean, I will be shocked if you have no idea, even if you've never even listened to Beyonce's music, you've listened to Beyonce's music without knowing you've listened to Beyonce's music. Or but you have to at least know who Beyonce is. But like I said, is an American singer, songwriter, and dancer. I don't know why in Wikipedia they don't also add actress because she has done several things. And even videos and uh, Lemonade and everything going on. I mean, that's acting as well. So <laughs> I don't know why they don't put that in here. But anyway, um, Beyonce has been noted for her boundary-pushing artistry and her vocal prowess. Her success has made her a cultural icon and earned her the nickname Queen Bey. Beyonce performed in various singing and dancing competitions as a child, and she rose to fame in the late 1990s as a member of the R&B girl group Destiny's Child, which was one of the best-selling girl groups of all time. Their hiatus saw the release of her debut album, Dangerously in Love, in 2003, which featured the U.S. Billboard Hot 100 number one singles Crazy in Love and Baby Boy. Following the 2006 disbanding of Destiny's Child, Beyonce released her second solo album, B-Day, which contained the singles Irreplaceable and Beautiful Liar. Beyonce also starred in multiple films, such as Austin Powers in Goldmember. Austin Powers in Goldmember? Isn't it just Austin Powers Goldmember? Is it, it is in Goldmember? Why does that sound wrong to me? <laughs> I'm not sure. Because it's supposed to like be like 
James Bond in Goldfinger, yeah. but that doesn't sound right. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. But she was in that <laughs> regardless. Um, <laughs> the Pink Panther, Dreamgirls, Obsessed, and The Lion King. Her marriage to Jay-Z and her portrayal of Etta James in Cadillac Records in 2008 influenced her third album, I Am Sasha Fierce, which earned a record-setting six Grammy Awards in 2010. It spawned the successful singers, if sing, singers, singles, if I were a boy, single ladies, and Halo. After professionally splitting from her manager and father, Matthew Knowles, in 2010, she released her musically diverse fourth album, Four, in 2011. Beyonce later achieved critical acclaim for her sonically experimental visual albums, Beyonce, in 2013, and Lemonade, in 2016 the latter of which was the world's best-selling album of 2016 and the most acclaimed album of her career, exploring themes of infidelity, feminism, and womanism. In 2018, she released Everything is Love, a collaborative album with her husband Jay-Z as the Carters. As a featured artist, Beyonce topped the Billboard Hot 100 with remixes of Perfect by Ed Sheeran in 2017 and Savage by Megan Thee Stallion in 2020. She is one of the world's best-selling recording artists, having sold over 200 million records worldwide. Her success during the 2000s was recognized with the Recording Industry Association of America's Top Certified Artist of the Decade, as well as Billboard's Top Female Artist of the Decade. She is the first solo artist to have their first seven studio albums debut at number one on the Billboard 200. Beyonce's accolades include 28 Grammy Awards, 26 MTV Video Music Awards, including the Michael Jackson Video Vanguard Award in 2014, 24 NAACP Image Awards, 31 BET Awards, and 17 Soul Train Music Awards, all of which are more than any other singer. In 2014, Billboard named her the highest-earning Black musician of all time. While in 2020, she was included on Time's list of 100 women who defined the last century. So that is an amazing, incredible list of accolades that will only keep growing, I am sure. And I want to wish everybody the best of luck in getting tickets for her concerts, because I know that's the big story right now. So good luck. <laughs> um, yes, yes, wishing you all the luck in the world. But I want to first start out with her early music career, and in particular, Beyonce's work with Destiny's Child. So Carla, who is joining me, sorry, I didn't, I don't know if I said that again, but you Carla did. from, I did, okay, good. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> Carla from Bedwetter We Had, my co-host. <laughs> <laughs> so Carla, I want to know your overall thoughts on Beyonce's work with Destiny's Child, and then the part that makes everybody, including myself, really on this one, I really wanted to especially when we come to her solo work, slap myself across the face. But <laughs> so <laughs> also your three favorite Destiny child, Destiny's Child songs. Okay. Well, before I, I go into a rage about choosing <laughs> just three of my favorite Destiny Child songs. So when Destiny's Child first, you know, as they say, came on the scene, I, you know, the integrant is the, the, the people who made, who made up Destiny's Child they're all like just a few years younger than me and their music was really marketed towards more the the millennial crowd so 
it's music that I was kind of like reluctantly into because my sisters were all about it. My sisters are, uh, one is like two and a half years younger than me. The other one is 11 years younger than me. So they span like most of the breadth of the millennial generation. And they both, it's a good thing that they almost never listen to anything that I say, because I can, I can just admit this, that they often lead me to really good music that I wouldn't have listened to otherwise. So this is when I started listening to Destiny's Child when it first started coming on because I listened to it all the time. And I I tried so hard to be above it all because I'm mostly like a rock person, you know, like a pop with a rock edge or like metal and alternative and everything. So I was like, oh, what is this stuff? It's like, you know, like in the age of Britney Spears and, you know, Jessica Simpson and everything. But then the fact that they're really good, it, it's uh, all, well, most of the iterations of Destiny's Child are all just packed with really talented people and just really great songs. And with, I think it was largely because of um, them being managed by Beyonce, Beyonce's dad. Most of the, the music was, I guess, mostly superficial, just poppy, you know, bop along kind of music, not really anything too particularly particularly deep. And we see this even into Beyonce's early solo work. But it, it's hella accessible. It's a lot of fun. And you can't deny that all of the all of the members of Destiny's Child are, t- are talented in their own way. They each have something to offer, which is why when people say like, oh, this is, you know, it, it's it's all about Beyonce in Destiny's Child. A lot of it was because I think it was kind of by design. I mean, again, it's her her dad running the show, her mom doing the, the costuming. And the thing is, like, even though, you know, Kelly Rowland and Michelle Williams had more than just a little bit to offer. They they offer quite a, a lot with Destiny's Child. I, I do have to say, you know, like Beyonce does seem to be somebody who has a very, very special focus. You know, she she's somebody who doesn't seem to to get distracted easily from her goals. And I, I think that that drive really is something special that you don't see in a lot of um, and a lot of artists in general, especially younger artists, like I, I think I'm, I'm talking specifically in, in the sense that where she could, she kind of guided the missile, you know, um, she I, I don't think that she got like a lot of freedom to do that. But I think that where she did get the the room to do that, she she exerted um, that kind of power. And Again, like the music is just like fun and poppy and dancey, not particularly deep, but honestly, like who cares? I think what really starts to kind of change is uh, when Survivor comes out, like that album is more, it has, it's more focused on like more grown up kind of things, you know, like Mm -hmm. um, at that point, the, the group has kind of started to fall apart, but and and also like all of these all of these members are you know they're becoming young adults they're not 
you know, teens and kind of late teens, early 20s anymore. And you really start to see that in both their presentation with their outfits and in their their vocals, definitely, and in the songs, because the songwriting becomes more mature. And I, I really... I'm like, hmm, which three am I going to single out <laughs> out of their entire catalog? I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> mean, I mean, but. <laughs> I forgive you. I forgive you. But I'm going to choose. Okay. I have to start with Say My Name. Not only because it's an iconic song, but also because. Okay, so my son listens to this podcast called The Alien Adventures of, Incasp- of Finn Caspian. And the co-host on the program is a robot voiced by the actual host. The robot is named Bebop. And Bebop, at this point, he didn't have a name. So every now and then he'll just say, say my name, say my name. <laughs> like, it also has like that that kind of like fun connection for me like something that that my kid likes and then he became obsessed with the song and played it all the time and started singing it with this little tiny voice so cute but i guess the destiny's child people also sang it well whatever (laughs) you know not as well (laughs) they did okay you know they're not my child or anything they're destiny's child whoever she is then bills 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 because listen Yes, it has a superficial thing of like, you know, can you pay my bills? Like, can you whatever? And and the, okay, so people criticized it because of the of the lyrics, you know, like, oh, it's a superficial, like you only want a man to like, you know, to pay for your stuff. But I think it's 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 more than that. It's like you want somebody who's going to treat you well, who is going to take care of you. And I don't think that the song only says if you can't just take care of me financially that you're not worth anything. But what I think is really funny about this song is that around the same time, Jay-Z had the song, Can I Get a? And in it, he says, you know, it, it, the whole song is like, you know, are you going to stick with me even if I'm broke, if I never make it big? Will you, you know, like, and um, a, a lot of his songs around this time are about like how he's not going to financially supporting any woman like not for nothing never happened i'll be forever mac in no woman's going to tie me down and and chain me to her pockets so i think it's really funny like the, the two songs that is coming funny. out around the same time <laughs> and then them uh beyonce and jay-z ended up getting married that that to me is just hilarious but yes bills 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 because even now like i've been married for for how many years a lot of them yeah a lot of them married for a lot of them years <laughs> and like i still every now and then my husband will, will ask for something and i'm like can you pay my bills can you pay my telephone bill and it's like okay that that's really ridiculous we share a joint account like we're both paying the bills it's like whatever but it's a it's a great song but my number one favorite destiny's child song is bootylicious because first of all like that really so much like how many times did you see or hear you know, like, are you ready for this jelly? I don't think you're ready for this jelly. Like, nobody knew what jelly was in the context of a a, a, a person's posterior, really, until Destiny's Child made it such a big deal. And the word bootylicious, you know, ended, it ended up in the Oxford English Dictionary, I think, or the Merriam-Webster's. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It ended yeah. up in a dictionary somewhere. Because 
the word was everywhere. Everything was about being bootylicious and everything. And the great thing about it is not just that it's a great song that you can dance to with like a word that became, <laughs> became like legitimized in the English language, but also that it's that it's um, you're coming out of an era where you have like really like waif thin women being portrayed. The only black women who are given much screen time or or much attention are the ones who kind of fit that Eurocentric Americanized Western rail thin woman standard. But you look at the members of Destiny's Child, especially Beyonce, she has curves and this song talks about embracing them. And that's a huge, powerful, brave thing to do for black women, especially because black women famously have these amazing curves that are constantly being emulated and then put down. It's like, okay, well, so-and-so can have all of these secret operations to have a bigger butt and a smaller waist and bigger boobs and, you know, get lip filler and everything. And she looks amazing. She's pioneering this fuller look for women, but uh, black women doing it naturally. Oh, that's just disgusting. You know, oh, like they're, they're just so fat and ugly. And to come out there and publicly embrace and write a song about being powerfully bootylicious it's a stronger statement than, than I think people gave that song credit for. It's, uh, what's it called? It's self-objectification in a way that isn't demoralizing. It, it's taking back power over the display of, of, of their bodies. You know, they're saying mm-hmm. you're not ready. The world is not ready to, to accept how incredible my body is just as it is. But I'm telling you, it is that great. So I, I love that song for being just hella fun and also being so much more complex than than I think people want to say that it is. I agree. And as far as my overall thoughts, I I I very, very, very similar to Carla in in this respect where I was kind of like, uh, this isn't for me. This isn't anything. And this is kind of like I viewed it as before really listening as like bubblegum and not really in my realm of what I wanted to listen to. And, you know, and, and on, and in all honesty, I did not get into this music until into destiny's child, um, until I became older until like more this age range and maybe about 10 years or so ago. And, a lot of that actually was through like going to like the gym or working out and this being music that I was playing was would be a lot of Destiny's Child and stuff. And so uh, that was what I think kind of made me go, okay, well, this is, you know, worth my time and I shouldn't be like so snobby about this and actually listen to to this music. And especially now, I enjoy it a, a lot more. I've noticed as I've gotten older. It's funny because a lot of stuff that I was so like rigid that I'm not going to like, I've opened my mind up to liking more. So, and this definitely fits in. I'm talking about music mainly, but yes, I, uh, I think, I think with Beyonce, what is really evident from the beginning is this is someone who totally, this is like, you know, there are certain people that are just born with gifts, born with and I'm not saying she hasn't worked hard or that she didn't do any training or anything like that. I'm just saying I think Beyonce was born with this natural gift 
of being an incredible performer and having this voice that's like really powerful, like a voice that when you hear it, it kind of vibrates through you, if that makes sense. Like you can feel every word she's singing, even if it seems like a fluffy song or like not that deep, you still can feel every word and every note. And that's evident in Destiny's Child too. And that's not to put down the other members of the group. It's just, I'm just saying that that's what you can really, really, really take away really early on and get that in. And especially once the solo work starts, especially the later albums, you really get that where you feel it, where like you can feel that emotion in every um, note and you can feel that passion. That's the other thing. So it's like that passion for what you're doing, the passion for like, it's like she needs to sing as much as she needs to breathe and eat and drink water kind of thing. And I, that's an incredible, incredible gift and incredible gift to share with the world because I think that can move people, that can brighten your day. It can also make you feel like you're being seen, um, being heard. And someone is actually singing out what you are feeling inside. And that is an incredible gift. And so when people bless the world with sharing that gift with the world, I think that's also just an amazing thing. And I think you could see it early on in this, um, in her work with Destiny's Child. Um, as far as three favorites, so I did, I know this may not count, but it's because it's because it's one of those that makes me want to cry whenever I hear this song sung beautifully. And that's uh, the God Bless the Child intro and just because I just – every time I hear that song sung by beautiful voices, it's like <laughs> – it really, really uh, gets to me. So not my version is what you're saying. Well, no, your version too, which – have I ever heard your version? I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> Were you just singing this? No, but you don't want to is what I'm getting at. You don't know. You'll be moved to tears for other reasons. Could be like, oh, um, um, yeah, that was beautiful. Um <laughs> I'm sorry that I muted you. No, no, I would. I know, no, no, Carla. I love it when you sing your songs. <laughs> uh, and then I'm going to second Bootylicious. And I love all the reasons that Carla said as well. And then I have one that's very superficial and kind of silly. But I grew, <laughs> I grew to appreciate the song more. This is going to sound so stupid, especially after everything Carla said. But I grew to appreciate more when I used it for on a TikTok video for Fergie. <laughs> I don't mean that as like an insult at all to the song. I just, <laughs> I always think of happy, joyful Fergie now whenever I hear the song, which I know makes no sense, but I do. So, Whatever makes it your favorite is valid. Um, and that also was always a great one to work out to, to, and to dance to. So that's also another thing, of course, that influences my decisions. And then, so I'm going to go with Survivor. That's like a power song where like if you are – I think I think of it as one of those that if you are in a place where you just want to feel stronger in yourself or you want to be like I have survived this literally or you've made it through something, I think that's one of those where you can belt it out, sing it. Even if you sound horrible like I would <laughs> comparatively <laughs> – you still can belt it out, sing it, get that emotion out. Yeah, and feel connected. So, yes, I, that is my final answer. <laughs> <laughs> and 
And that was in no particular order. Either, <laughs> With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So now let's move on to her solo work. And so what are your overall thoughts on Beyonce's solo work and then that dreaded three favorite songs? <laughs> well, her solo work, I think, is I love the trajectory that her that her musicality has taken. Her artistry has really expanded. Like it's it's amazing. Like I, I think whether her music is your type of music or not, and whether you think she is or isn't a great artist, whatever the case may be. I think that there's no denying that she has the ability to to take any genre and I don't want to say make it her own, but to style her music in such a way that it seems seamless. Like it seems like yes, of course, Beyonce is doing a country music, a country a country song. Absolutely, makes perfect sense. Or yes, Beyonce is doing, you know, straight up pop or just R&B or infused with dance hall and funk. I, I think one of the the really cool things about her is that she is very open to receiving all of this, the great gift that is music in all of its forms. Like she she doesn't seem to say well i'm only this kind of artist and this is all i'm going to do and that's it like i'm not interested in exploring different themes and you know not to say that artists who stay in a particular lane are wrong to do so or that they're less good for doing that but i do think it's laudable when an artist decides that um that they can't be put under any kind of of label. And I think, you know, personally, I, I think that it's wrong to simply categorize her as an R&B singer because she, she, she her, her talent knows no bounds. Like the, there's the, uh, gosh, um, I think it's Daddy Lessons and Lemonade. Yeah, that's the one. That's the country song. It's very country and it's very good. And it's very Beyonce. Like you, you listen to it and th th it's, it's not like you're like, Oh my gosh, am I listening to Dolly Parton here? No, there's no mistaking who this is. There's no mistaking what artist this is, but you do get caught up in kind of rethinking your, your stance on country music. You're like, Oh, maybe it's not so awful after all. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> like, you know, if, if more country music were like this, I definitely listen to it more. Which brings up another thing that that so much of music is gatekept from specifically from from black artists to where you know black artists are told, well, you can't do country. Like look at, at Darius Rucker. Darius Rucker is incredibly successful now in country music, but he had to like fight against a lot of stigma to even be taken seriously. 
And that's still definitely the case for a lot of Black country artists. And Beyonce just effortlessly, effortlessly on one of her biggest statement albums, I think, was like, we're doing country now. And that's it. This is this is Beyonce, so this is what we're doing now. I, I think especially in her latest album, Renaissance, where, yes, it, it's dance hall and there's that reclamation of dance hall music for Black people, where it's been sort of tried to be bastardized by a white artist for a very long time. But it's not only dance hall in that album. Like there's so many different types of of dance covered in that album that I think is it, it's dizzying in a good way. You know, like you can't stop and catch a breath because the next song, if especially, you know, th- th- there's oh, something wonderful about the first time that you listen to to some artists' albums where you wish you could you could like forget that you overheard it and listen to it to it again for the first time because the sometimes the, the, the you know some of them take you on a journey and i think that especially lemonade and renaissance do that they they take you out of your beyonce comfort zone where like you've known her for you know um crazy in love and and whatever else it is that you most associate with her and it's like, whoa, we're going way out here to the bounds of this galaxy. Damn. Okay, cool. I'm on board. Let's do this. And, you know, I, I really think that, you know, I, I didn't read up much on the dynamic between her and her parents, especially her and her father. Obviously, you know, she separated for, from him professionally at one point where he was her manager for the longest time and she went her, her own way. And I think that that was like the best decision she could have made because mm-hmm. look at the way that her artistry exploded immediately after that. Another thing is that her image, I think, has been so tightly controlled, which in a way is kind of a good thing because it's so hard for artists to really be able to present themselves how they want to be seen and be able to live their lives beyond that with any sort of, of privacy, especially when you get to be that big. But for a very long time, she was able to do that, where she was able to live her life on her terms and then just project to the public what she wanted. And I, I think that, that that's kind of born from those Destiny's Child days when she was uh, more tightly controlled by by her father. And then even after his influence was no longer there, Yes, she's, you know, she's cursing now on records and she's talking about sex and, you know, her songs are getting more, you know, they have more of a, you know, not to say dirty, but yeah, like a more dirty, gritty sound mm-hmm. to them. And her lyrics are are more, um, they're more mature. But then when you get to, uh, to the Beyonce album, which I think is, is where you really start to see more of her as herself. I, you know, between four and Beyonce, there's a lot of, of evolution that happens with her as an artist and as a lyricist. And that's another thing. I, I think people don't give her enough credit as a lyricist. People, you know, point and laugh at how many people are on her song credits. And it's because she's giving people their due. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Like, you know, <laughs> It would be 
so easy for her to be like, okay, well, you know, like, let's just pretend that I wrote this on my own. I mean, she's a huge artist and who's, you know, whatever. But somebody, and I wish I had the the tweet in front of me. Somebody tweeted one saying that, um, that the reason she has so many people credited is because she credits anybody who's basically in the room when she's writing a song. And I think that's a great thing. I think it's great to mm-hmm. say, well, you know, I was inspired by this and this and this, and this is what happened and blah, blah, blah. And you happen to be there. And you said something that made me think of this. So I'm crediting you as well. I think that's lovely. You know, like she's getting people fed. What's wrong with that? And not to mention that there are plenty of artists out there who aren't black, which I think is a lot of the problem with the people have with her having multiple people credited on, on her songs who just put out content and nobody blinks an eye. Nobody's like, Oh, look at this person, you know, putting out yeah. 15 different people in this track. Who cares? But I, I think also she, she is it's kind of funny. Cause like, I'm not like a, a person who's super guided by astrology to me. It's, it's, it's a fun thing. It's not something that I live by, but I will say that, Beyonce is the ultimate Virgo because she, <laughs> she is a super perfectionist. She has a vision and she wants to, she wants to see it carried out. Um, she's very concerned with something being beautiful and not in, just in the sense of aesthetics, but also in the sense of it translating a beautiful thing across to, to where you experience it as a beautiful thing. And that's why I think she's been leaning more into these visual albums. The last few albums that she's done is that you know you're you're carrying over your vision sonically with your music but then you also get to project exactly what you're envisioning as you're writing these songs as you're singing them so it's another dimension of of her wanting to have people understand what it is that's in her mind and yes it's still a very limited view and i think that it should be i don't think any she doesn't owe anybody full access to her mind or life so I'm perfectly fine with her, you know, being secretive about some things and and as open as she wants to be versus as open as people want her to be. But I also think people don't credit her enough for the transparency that she does provide. Because when you look at the, at the time in her life when Jay-Z had been revealed to have cheated on her and what she was going through personally in that time, a lot of... of celebrities downplay it and they're like oh well, you're, what are you talking about you know everything's fine here at home look at us you know and they post like fifteen thousand pictures of them and their kids yeah. going out hiking you know like whatever denied up down left and right she wrote an album where a third of it a solid third was addressing that moment in her life which is lemonade and then mm-hmm. um the tour that she and jay-z went on and the, her mrs carter tour i think was her being very public about all of this. So I, you know, like the, the whole idea that she's so secretive and, you know, like she only, she only projects what she wants you to see. Yeah. And why shouldn't she be allowed some privacy? Why shouldn't she be allowed some grace to deal with some things on her own? She doesn't owe you the openness that you think you are owed. You are a fan. Leave it at that. You don't, you don't need access to her journals. She's giving you as much as she's willing to be satisfied with that and move on with your life. Do something else for once, Chad. Then when you 
um, which one was it? I think, yes, it was Renaissance, which she wrote and put together during the bulk of the early portion of the pandemic. Because the pandemic is not over, people. COVID is still out there. Please keep masking, vaccinate yourselves, your children, if you have any, take the proper precautions that, that you need to, if not for yourself, then for the people who are immunocompromised and and can only do so much and are still getting ill and dying because of this. But so she puts this this amazing album together during the pandemic, released it, and you go from something like, you know, Beyonce and Lemonade, Lemonade especially being so raw and so... Uh, I'll, I'll come back to that in a moment, but Renaissance is just so much more light. It's just like, let's just have fun. Let's go out and dance. And by go out and dance, I don't mean actually go out and dance because again, we're still in a pandemic, but like blast <laughs> it out, listen to it, have fun with it. This is, this is a great album for having fun. And there's still a lot of, of very important messaging, messaging in it. But at the same time, it's not, um, it's, it's not like, Lemonade, because there was so much going on around the time that Lemonade was written and and produced and recorded, which is, you know, she is dealing with the fallout from um, from her husband cheating on her. And at the same time, she's also, it sounds silly to say she's coming out as a Black woman, because she's obviously a Black woman and she has always been a very public Black woman. But at the same time, I, I think this is when people were like, Oh, right. She's black. Because a, a lot of, especially a lot of white people kind of take her to be like one of those good, good black people that just keeps her head down, does her work and doesn't remind you of her, of her blackness 24 seven. But that is such a gross way of looking at somebody, you know, of the whole um, idea of colorblindness where, Oh, I don't see color, but at the same time, you, are more drawn to artists who don't play up their color. Mm-hmm. And that's because it makes you comfortable, not because, you know, you're, you're denying something of them by turning away from that particular aspect of that person. And and this is even before, again, before the pandemic. So it's before the George Floyd and Ferguson explosion in the Black Lives Matter movement. And this is where she is specifically talking about Katrina. There's a a moment in the Lemonade video album, visual album, where she's standing on a police car in the waters. And it's, you see a lot of, of imagery of Katrina and the people, the black people who were displaced by it and who were not served well by the government because they're black and, you know, who freaking cares apparently the one thing that people really focused on in that album were was how inappropriate she was like how tacky and how this and how that and it's just people are not comfortable with a black woman saying hey i'm black in case you forgot very black over here and i care about these black issues i care about black people dying because of systematic um systemic failures and ways in which we are seen as less than less important than anybody else in the world 
so it really shook a lot of white people's perceptions and a lot of 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 non-black people of color too of what Beyonce should and shouldn't be doing where it's like okay well you know where are all of these fun songs that we were doing before why are we so focused now on on blackness you know the the whole idea that that this whole album was basically for black women which it was the whole black the whole lemonade album was really so many things but it was uh, but a, a big thing about it was it was to uplift black women and say you know we are beautiful we are powerful we are amazing the the, the idea of lemonade that you know it when life gives you lemons make lemonade and she even says that in her in the album is black women are given nothing but lemons throughout life and expected to make the best of it. Black women are given the least pay. Black women are paid the least. As Malcolm Malcolm X said, black women are the least protected, the least, um, least tended to people in society. And yet black women do so much and are expected to do so much. And are supposed to do it with a smile. no, this is Beyonce being openly angry, openly raging, but at the same time, openly embracing fellow Black women. And that's what I love about Lemonade is that the whole myth of the angry Black woman is why a lot of Black women suppress their reactions or their emotions, especially when they're, you know, supposedly negative emotions and reactions because there's this idea of like well you have to project you you have to put on a good face out there you you have to um come across as you know gentle and docile and you're like oh i i'm a, i'm a good person because i don't rage it's perfectly okay to have these feelings it's perfectly okay to to feel out loud there's nothing wrong with you for having these feelings and for for putting them out there. So that's what basically like my whole thing here is Lemonade is one of the best albums ever made because it covers such a great range of topics and it really gives a platform to a black woman uplifting other black women and all these black women uplifting these very black causes. So in a lot of ways, I, I think that people who have a problem with Beyonce after Destiny's Child and after the first couple of solo albums probably just have a, a problem with Black women. You know, if 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 you're put off by the change in tone, think about that, the tone policing, the, her change in tone, her change in lyrics, her more brazen sexuality, her more open anger or open joy then the problem is you the problem isn't beyonce not to say that she that you know everybody is problematic but think about why this particular person rubs you the wrong way especially when you're talking about a black woman now when we talk about her songs and which three are my favorite the only three and I will mention. <laughs> I'm hiding. <laughs> well, aside from the from the entire Lemonade album, but really, my favorite song from the Lemonade album is "Pray You Catch Me." Such a great song! Oh my god, 
such a great song. Like no matter what the context is, is in your life, at some point you have had that that moment. Like listen to the song and like just sit down quiet in the dark and just let the song guide you to where in your life is that moment that will set you off and be like, ha that is my pray you catch me moment. Another song that I love is Diva. That's I was obsessed with that song. Obsessed with it for months. The, the whole thing that like Diva is the female version of a hustler. I'm like, yeah, what's wrong with that? You know, like when somebody <laughs> calls somebody a diva in a derogatory way, I'm like, why? That just means she's amazing. What is your problem? You don't want women to be amazing? Is that what you're saying to me? <laughs> and let me choose between like these 30 other songs. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess I forgive you. I'm still here, right? <laughs> I know a lot of my favorite songs come from um, my, my my top songs come from I Am Sasha Fears, which is also a great album. Really great. Like, if you haven't listened to it, just maybe do that. I'm not going to go with that because it's too easy. Very possibly. I'm just going to go with this because otherwise I'll be here for five hours. I'm going to go <laughs> <laughs> with Drunk in Love. Drunk in Love from the Beyonce album. Because it just it just has like it, it's um, a sonic maze where you think it's going to go one way and it goes another way. At least I do. Her vocals are, I don't know, they're pretty extraordinary in the whole album. But in, in Drunken Love, I just I don't know. I really enjoy it. And I don't really like songs in which she collaborates with, with people. It's going to sound really awful. And it's not for the reasons you think. Um, I don't really like when she does songs with Jay-Z. Not because of the whole cheating thing. I just, you know, like, not my favorite thing. But I really like this one. I think, you know, music, what's so incredible about music is music is basically when it, when someone is creating music, when they're writing, even if they're writing with a whole team, they're still writing. And when they're singing and when they're put, when they're creating everything that goes with that, when they're performing as well. Basically, what music is, is it's someone opening up their heart and soul and giving it away in a lot of respects. And that that is like, that takes a lot of guts and courage. Honestly, it does, because that is incredibly vulnerable to be like, here, I'm going to put myself out there and the world will judge you, reject you, everything, you uh, love you, they'll hate you, they'll, you know, they'll find songs that they'll, they'll make love to, they'll find songs they'll dance to, songs that'll save them, songs that'll hurt them maybe. And so to put yourself out there like that is incredibly vulnerable and it's also an incredibly beautiful gift to do. And I think um, Beyonce does that so incredibly well because like you said, you cannot, you cannot put Beyonce in any category, one category. You just can't. If you, like you were saying, like with the Lemonade album, if you listen to that and think, Beyonce is just an R&B artist or Beyonce is just a pop artist or Beyonce is just this or Beyonce is, then you didn't listen to the album because the album is everything. It's just, it's lots of different genres mixed in together. And also I think, you know, what she does so amazingly well is telling a story through the whole album. So it's like, that's why it's, also hard to pick a favorite song because if you're picking a song 
especially if you're picking a song on particular albums that are really taking you along on a journey, it's like, well, how can I pick this song when this leads into that song, which is part of the journey of that song? So that to me is always beautiful. I always love when you can listen to an album and you have to listen to it from beginning to end. You don't skip around. And if you do skip around, it feels disjointed in some way. And that's not at all an insult. It's more of a compliment because that means every single second, every single note, every single lyric was given so much thought to and how it would flow together and the placement of it. That's a lot. And the fact that she gives so much credit to people is actually a really amazing thing because a lot of artists don't. And a lot of artists will take credit for stuff that they may have had like 20 other people helping them with. And to give credit to people that are sitting in a room and may have inspired a lyric, I mean, who really does that unless they're being really open about – not many people do that unless they're openly saying in the lyric, you inspired this lyric so-and-so. <laughs> so, <laughs> which I don't even think there is anyone who does that. But, you know, so that's that's pretty great too. And I, I didn't even I didn't even know that, but that's that's pretty – amazing to do that because it could have been just someone's they probably some of those people probably didn't even know that they inspired something and so then also to hear that think about that as a compliment especially if you inspired something beautiful and amazing that is going to last forever you know i mean her music is going to last forever it's not going anywhere anytime so soon so it's like that you know decades and decades down the line someone will listen to a song and maybe like they will realize their their uncle, their aunt, or some someone helps inspired that. I mean, I don't know. I think that's kind of powerful, magical little thing there too. And yet, when you know you look at the reaction to any of her Super Bowl performances, but especially like her most recent Super Bowl performance, going to that anger thing, and people just—it is very much white society and. um being like, you know, know your place and you're not in the place that we want you to be in. And you're not, you're not fitting what we consider someone being a safe black person for us to listen to. It's safe for the white people to listen to your music until we start actually listening to your music. And then, you know, when we realize you're saying things that make us confront certain things about ourselves or that we feel like are too, um, to, that's the word I'm looking for, but are too, not even political, but are too, like, real, <laughs> I guess is really the word when you're, you, that's not okay and that's not safe. And I think, honestly, I think a lot of people probably were not listening to or paying attention to anything she was doing until it seemed more quote unquote, in your face, which I don't like that word, but I think, I think that's what it was because like you said, she's always been a black woman. It's not like that was something that just happened. It's just people were thinking of her as a safe black woman. And then when they feel like she's actually like, oh my gosh, wait, she's a black woman. We can't have that. We can't be listening to this. We can't have our children listening to this music. And also with the the sexual thing and the sexuality, I think people really don't want women and especially, of course, black women to have any onus on their sexuality. So any onus on being like when she is showing her sexuality, there is power 
in that when you are in control of your sexuality and you are in control of how you are presenting yourself, you're in control of your body. When you have control of your body, there is something very powerful about that. And a lot of people don't like that. And I think that's a, the other thing is that she has that power and that control and people don't want to see that. They want to take ownership of that. And, you know, also with the fact that she is so open about, you know, her, her husband's infidelities and, um, you know, there was also her father was also um, cheated on her mother as well. And so when she's open about that and talks about that, that is a pretty courageous thing to share that too, because that's a very, very personal thing that she does not owe anybody. You know, like you said, Carla, even though she shares that, it doesn't mean that that means that from now on she has to share every single little bitty, tiny little tidbit about her life with you. It means she decided to share that probably for her own healing for her. We can't say for sure, but probably for her own healing and also probably for somebody else's healing out there, you know, because the best thing music can do is make another person feel and make another person heal and make another person, you know, can be therapeutic. And so that was probably another reason she did it. And that's an amazing gift. And that's not something to be like, okay, now I'm going to be selfish and you're going to just definitely give me everything. And if you're having troubles in your marriage, you're going to have to tell us about that. And you're going to have to be completely open because that's None of your flipping business. Even though someone is a public figure, and yes, she is very famous, very well known, that does not mean, that does not negate the fact that she's still a human being who deserves privacy and deserves respect. And you don't own her. And it's very disturbing how many people feel they own her. Um, and own the rights to her and own the rights to what she's going to say and do and you don't. And no matter how big a fan you are, no matter any of that, you don't own that. She gets to decide she owns that. That's herself. That's her power there. And to try and take that is just wrong. Yeah. So, and I, I can only imagine because I've never seen her in concert but watching her perform on stage or watching her, you know, in the Super Bowl or, or watching her in videos, music videos as well, and watching her also in just any kind of video productions, anything like that, when she is on stage as well, or watching like, you know, behind the scenes things or anything like that, her, she was born to be on stage, born to be up there. It's, I mean, sh there are some musicians that are not very good at performing on stage. She is incredible. It's like, it's like a story and it enhances the songs and the music. And that's, I mean, it must be amazing to see her in concert. I can't even imagine because it's one of those where it's probably like a once in a lifetime kind of thing where you don't ever forget it kind of thing. That's why I can't believe she's never been on Broadway because yeah. she's like, born to be on the stage it's like can you imagine her on broadway that would just be i don't even know what but just even an original thing it just would be incredible to see her yeah i mean because i think about her her coachella performance um the homecoming um mm -hmm. uh, i guess documentary kind of thing that she has on netflix documenting her coachella performance 
And that right there is a great stage show. You know, like mm-hmm. the the entire thing, first of all, it really raises the, the profile of the HBCUs to a very, very white audience. Because mm-hmm. Coachella, the audiences tend to be very, very white. So if you're a very, very white person at Coachella who has never heard, like, what's an HBCU? Like, do you know? Like, I don't know. But, like, I guess we can, like, Google it. And suddenly, you know, it's like, oh, my gosh, this is super cool. You know, think back. And if you haven't listened to the to the episode, uh, the, the um, A Different World episode, go back and listen to that because we talk a lot about hbcus i think tiff was on that episode as well yes mm-hmm. and it, why you know it, it the the representation of of people who attended hbcus are so, is so important but she really puts it front and center because she styles it as a kind of like it's a homecoming game so it's like you know everybody's in the stands and you know people wearing their uniforms and everything and it's just like this really cool thing and it's it's you could like build a play around it, really. I feel, you know, like you could have like, yeah, there's your, yeah, exactly. You could have a love story. You could have a drama around it. You could have absolutely anything you wanted around that homecoming theme. I, I, I can absolutely see her doing that. You could bring, you could also bring, you could bring any of her albums to Broadway and just make a whole musical centered around the album. Yes. I mean, can you imagine a lemonade stage show? Yeah. Jesus Christ. Like, I would crap my pants. <laughs> I absolutely would. And so would, like, like all of the white people, except for all of the, the, the white liberals, like, oh, I already have my tickets for the lemonade um, Broadway show. You know, blood power. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> sister. Hey, girl. <laughs> Yes, I can, I can, I can see that. <laughs> All of the Elizabeths yeah, and, and Rebecca is like, "Hi, did you get, do you want to go to a group? Should we go to a group and then get mimosas afterwards? I totally think we should do brunch and then go to the lemonade show. Like, oh my god, is that like reparations? Are we like the good whites? Is that like reparations? <laughs> I can see that actually happening. Yes." <laughs> But that, I mean, but in all honesty, that would be an incredible, oh my gosh. I mean, that album is powerful in and of itself. And then imagine that on on Broadway. I mean, oh my gosh, that would be, why hasn't this happened? I know. <laughs> it's so weird. Like, honestly, somebody <laughs> should like talk to her and be like, hey, so Beyonce, I was thinking, have you ever wanted to be on Broadway? I know. I'm wondering. I'm wondering if if she's ever even thought about it or considered it. Or Aaron, I have an idea. Okay, I have this idea. After we finish getting Christian Bale his Stomp on Jovi <laughs> biopic, and we write him his rom com, we should totally just like contact Beyonce because that's the next step, right? Obviously, <laughs> obviously, Bale to Beyonce <laughs> makes perfect sense. And just call her and be like, hey, B, so listen, we had this great idea. And she'll be like, thank you both. This is what's been missing in my life. 
Yes, I think that that would be yes. That this is this is going. We to are making artist dreams come true every day, Erin. How do we do it? How? How do we do it? How do we do it? I can't wait to hear what dreams we're going to make come true for Regina King. Oh my god, Bassett. Oh my god. Oh. And then all the rest of the year, yes. all the other dreams we're going to make come true. Dream makers. Yeah. That's the company Carla and I are going to start. We're just yes. going to make dreams come true for all these That's really jingle. for all these really successful people. <laughs> That's our jingle. jingle. Dream makers. Yeah. <laughs> wow, this is going to be incredible. I can't wait to hear us be thanked in all of the acceptance at the Tony Awards. I can't wait oh, for you know. We're gonna we're gonna have to like. God, we're gonna have to buy so many dresses for all these awards because they're gonna want to take us. <laughs> Oh, yeah, obviously. Like, honestly, like, oh, I'm going to have to go to California and then New York. I don't really have the interest in traveling all that much. Maybe we can just make a teleappearance. They can take my hologram. Your hologram? Oh, another award show? Oh, really? Here we go Ooh, again. Another one? Oh, my yada, gosh. Yada, yada. <laughs> thank God. Yada, yada. Thank my wife and husband, but especially thank Dream Makers. <laughs> yeah, Aaron and Carla. We know we're wonderful. <laughs> above all else above all else yes <laughs> above above our spouses above our partners above our kids even yes <laughs> agent and manager what this is all about Aaron and Carla and dream makers Beyonce is going to hear about this episode mm-hmm. and she's going to go back and listen she's going to go like oh my gosh duh and she's going to hit that contact us button on yes. the website it's a fan of thing you're going to get an email that says hi <laughs> it's beyonce <laughs> i'd be like who is pulling a prank on us <laughs> it'd be one of those cute little stories of i thought at first it really wasn't beyonce and i was like carl it'll come from beyonce at beyonce.com <laughs> beyonce at beyonce.com <laughs> She won't. Th- she won't go through like an agent or anything. It'll just be her <laughs> sitting at a laptop, like her kids wanting her attention. Like I will get you a snack in a minute. I ha- I must contact Aaron and Carla right now. <laughs> Above all, <laughs> before they get too busy with other famous people. <laughs> Ten years later, we're gonna be playing this clip when we're interviewed on some show about. How we- <laughs> and we thought we were joking around, and yet. Yet here we are. <laughs> With like our selves of awards behind us. <laughs> yeah, that, that's my fifth Tony, whatever. Whatever. I use it as yeah, a paperweight. We're, <laughs> we're EGOT winners like five times. In one over. year. In one year. In it was so easy. Year. I don't know why people make such a big deal out of being an EGOT. It's like just have ideas for celebrities and you're in. Like I don't I guess I'm working too hard for this very simple thing. Oh my gosh, I love our fantasy life. <laughs> okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Hey, are you a super fan of Taylor Swift, Jelly Roll, or Morgan Wallen? Are you that song nerd who likes to dive into every little lyric of every little song and figure out what everything means? Do you want to take that a bit further, though? Because I have a podcast called Songwriter Soup, and it dives into the journey of a songwriter and how those people help craft the soundtrack of your life. I'm Laura Veltz, and I'm bringing all of my friends together to discuss our funny little job writing for all of your favorite artists. Listen to Songwriter Soup wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, well, three favorites. So I I could just say the whole Lemonade album, but I won't. Well, I know it's kind of like, you know, it's one of those that everybody loves and everybody plays it. But I still love the song Halo from I Am Sasha Fierce. I do love that song. I think it's um, it's one of those, like, I hear it right in my head right now when I'm talking about it. Uh, but it's another one of those because her voice is so powerful that, like, when I'm hearing these songs – and especially because I really like to listen to music, like, I, I know it's really bad for my hearing, but I like to listen to music when I have headphones on, earplugs, and I can turn it up as loud as I want to. I understand it's bad for my hearing. I understand. But I still do it. And just like, oh, feel the song and feel the lyrics and feel the voice too. And this is definitely, definitely one of those as well. It makes you feel, I think at least for me, a little bit better if you're in a down space, if you're not really like, if you're kind of dragging, um, it helps me in that. And then since Carla mentioned Pray You Catch Me, the only re- that's the only reason I'm not going to mention it. It's just, just to give more, more, more songs a mention. That's <laughs> Daddy Lessons um, off of Lemonade. And I love that. I love the, you know, the, the, bluegrass and country sound there. Um, It's a fun one, but it's also an incredibly sad song. Incredibly sad. The, the, I mean, it's very upbeat and, you know, like, oh, you want to dance and all of that. But then you listen to the lyrics and you're like, oh my gosh. And that was so much about, you know, her, her own dad too. So it's like, uh, yeah, that one is like, oh, yes, this is fun. Oh, wait. Oh, my gosh. Listen to those lyrics. This is so sad. It, it's like, like Hey Out by Outcast, where oh, yeah. where it, it's it's like a, a song about like, do I want to be in a relationship? Do I believe in love? Because love never really lasts. And Andre 3000 actually says, y'all don't want to listen. You just want to dance. It's like, yes. <laughs> Honestly, yes. Okay. It's been a hard day. <laughs> yeah <laughs> i think that kind of can be said for that song because you're like uh wait i don't want to hear this part about a, a gun in the, the I, i'm yes. like, like also that got really dark really fast i know but but it but that's i think that's also really a gift though to be able to do a song that is so sad and dark but also add something to it where you can enjoy listening to it, I guess is the right, and, and you can like dance to it. And then maybe if you really listen to it, then you'll also get the meaning. I mean, that's a pretty clever thing to do as well. I, I don't know. I, I like that a lot. Okay. Then I'm going to go with uh, also off of Lemonade, Sandcastles. That one, I just, I've listened to that about 20 times today. I'm not lying. <laughs> <laughs> I love how like her, her voice is breaking. And there's yes. not any effort. Like with with most of her songs, I feel like her vocals have to be flawless. But with this one, she allows it to be 
to be so vulnerable that there are cracks in it. And it makes it all the more powerful. Like, honestly, how dare you? Like, what in the hell? Because she's she's feeling every single note in that song when she's singing it. And uh, probably my favorite line in there is, show me your scars and I won't walk away. I don't know. There's, oh my gosh. It's like, show me who you are. Show me your vulnerability. I'm not going to walk away. Show me those scars, those things inside of you that hurt. Be vulnerable with me and I'm not going to walk away. And it's also like, there's also a part of you that listens to some of those lyrics and is just like, oh man, I don't know. Like, should you walk away? Should you, that kind of thing. It's one of those too. It's, oh, that song just, it's powerful on a lot of a lot of levels you know um and yeah i do love her voice breaking a little bit because you can tell that it doesn't matter probably how many times she's heard this song or sang this song in her head too but it still has so much meaning that it breaks her heart a little bit singing it and i think that makes it more powerful too so yes that one I had to definitely include. I was like, and there were a bunch of others, but I'm, I, you know, yeah. Now let's move on to her acting. Of course, Austin Powers in Goldmember. That just, I, I don't know. That just still disrolls me. Um, the it's pink, the Pan- weirdest thing. <laughs> it is. The Pink Panther, uh, Dream Girls, Obsessed, and uh, Lion King, The Lion King, and also Cadillac Records. Um, so I want to know, well, we already know the dream project is, <laughs> it's Broadway. Clearly, <laughs> We've discussed this at length. Yeah. But what are your overall thoughts on her as an, and Beyonce as an actress? And then if you do have any dream projects other than Broadway. <laughs> well, okay. Listen, I think she's a perfectly capable actor. I, I think that it, this is like a hard line to toe because this is going to come across in the wrong way and i'm going to say it anyway i think she's a perfectly good actor i don't think she's spectacular i don't think she is a fantastic actor but i don't think she necessarily needs to be i think that there that she is good enough to merit the roles that she gets i don't think that she is uh getting by on her fame from singing exclusively. I think that 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 certainly helped land her some roles because who doesn't want her cachet and her fans being like, I have to see this project because Beyonce is in it. That gets you a lot of eyeballs right there. But I do think that she has the chops. I think that, that, that she has talent in there. I won't say that she's the best performer I've ever seen. But by the same token, I... There are plenty of perfectly good actors out there who deserve to be seen as well. I I would I would enjoy seeing her in a very visible but more uh, secondary role because I would like to see what she does with with a character as opposed to with a starring role. And I think that a lot of, understandably, a lot of her projects have, projects have had to do with music. With Dreamgirls, I mean, it's an opportunity that I don't think anybody could pass up. 
you know, especially in that role, you know, and with when, you know, one of her biggest inspirations is Etta Jane. So Cadillac Records absolutely made sense that she would go for that role. Absolutely. But I would be more interested in, in seeing her grow more as an actor by doing more character work as opposed to starring work. Because I think when you're thrust into those roles without any real experience, not training, because she's had a, a good bunch of training, but she doesn't have as much experience with just being in the background, not in the background, but just being secondary, supposed to lead. I, I think it, it gives you a different perspective on how to interact with your castmates on screen so that you're not just performing, but you're acting. And I don't know if that makes sense, but I, I really know that makes sense. Okay, good. Cause I was wondering myself, but I, I would really love to see that for her. I would love to see her do a couple more performance. Like, you know, when you had Mariah Carey in Precious, for example, when she had that role as a social worker, I think the reason that it worked is because she wasn't central to the story. So she could focus on some key aspects of that character and really tease those out as opposed to trying to be so many things at the same time. So that, that, that's what I would, I would like to see. I, I would like to see her doing something more still visible, but more peripheral. It sounds like I'm sending her to summer, to summer school, which I guess in a way I am. Um, <laughs> but it's not because I don't think she's talented. It's because I think she's talented, but I think that she has come at this Hollywood thing from us, from the sideways. And she could benefit from a more straightforward path where the, the roles are a little bit less, I don't know if showy is the right word, but I don't know. She just, she still has a lot to learn, I think. Yeah, I completely agree with everything, everything you said. I completely agree. Yeah. Uh, I think, and I think what that is, is like if she, if she can find, that role where it's not reliant on the fact that she's Beyonce and instead it's more about the role. And I don't think that's happened. Like even in the movie, which it's not a good movie, but even in the movie obsessed, even though there's no singing in that one, it's still about the fact that Beyonce is in it. It's not about this character she's playing. So if she can find a role like that in like maybe some independent movie um, or something like that, where she could really, shine in a smaller role i think um that's you can only grow from there and i think and and character work i i want to stress i think sometimes people kind of put down character actors or character work but that's that's an incredible talent to be able to do that so if so if you can start there and do some memorable work there yeah i mean look at judy greer or katherine hahn katherine hahn has been a fantastic character actress for so long and she's now coming into her own and you know she's being recognized is really what it is but she's done character work for the longest time there's nothing wrong with that mm-hmm. you know it keeps her working no. and she has only gotten better with each role yeah and frankly i think sometimes character actors actually get a lot more interesting roles than sometimes big 
celebrities do yeah. because you get to actually like, you know, you get to actually take more risks, I think. And so it would be great to see her in something like that. I think that would be really interesting because I think she I think she could definitely do it. I think if it's not focused on the fact that she's Beyonce and not – like if the film is not – I mean, yes, they're, if it's an independent film, of course, they're going to be like, oh, we're getting Beyonce. This is a huge get. I understand that. You'll market that, all that kind of stuff. But as long, But if it's a character that's not driven by the fact that it is Beyonce playing it, that's a different that's different there so if she could get some kind of role like that i think that would be very very interesting to watch or like just thinking this just because probably because just watching it recently but but in something like that you know just watching um Beale street could talk recently but something like in that like in a barry jenkins movie or some something that's a little bit quieter and more independent, like I said, but something that's more character driven anyway. And so having her in something like that, I think would be really cool to see. So, yeah, because I think sometimes when you have that, when you have a big name, name star, like a big name singer and they're thrust into a not thrust into, but they get a project and it's all about Beyonce is in this project or whoever it is, is in that project. I think that puts so much added pressure on top of that 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 person already has to try and live up to whatever that means to the people that are making the movie. So she is afforded a chance to kind of get away from that and where it's more about the product and who she's working and working with as well. I think that would be, that would be really great too. Yeah. So yeah, I was just thinking of like, also um, I think she would also be great in a, one of Scott Cooper's smaller little movies. Like I'm thinking of the movie out of, out of the furnace, just because I think something like that, where out of the furnace is very much about characters. And so, yeah. Hey, she should work with Christian. Bay. I was just thinking that too. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Hey, tie it all together. Yes, it all comes around. When they each win <laughs> their respective awards for the for the wonderful movie that we're putting together for the two of them, directed by Scott Cooper, they can thank us. Yes, Dream Makers. Yeah. <laughs> it would be. I I would just crack up if it was announced that Beyonce was going to be in a Christian Bale movie. Oh my god. <laughs> I'd be like, we did this. We, we put it this. out to the universe, and the universe has delivered. It happened. Uh, yes, and um, I do think she had really good chemistry with um, Idris Elba, though. I want to say. I mean, it's Idris you know, Elba. That movie was so bad. That's true. So, I mean, <laughs> I think I'd have great chemistry with Idris Elba. <laughs> so you know that's the project i'm designing for you idris <laughs> it's only fair i mean i am yeah. co-starring co-starring along christian bale in a rom-com so you should get to yes co-star so. with idris elba in a rom-com from whatever <laughs> sci-fi horror <laughs> yes. rom-com sci-fi horror yes all links together <laughs> wow can't wait 10 years from now we're gonna be like big wigs and <laughs> i'm telling you like our ideas are so brilliant i don't know what to do with all of this genius i know man the world is not gonna know what to do with it 
that's the world's problem. And the world just needs some time so that they can get all the roses together to say thank you to us the proper way. So, Carla, I know we've talked a little bit about this, but not much. But what do, what are your thoughts and do you have anything you want to add on Beyonce's lasting impact on music? I think one of the things with Beyonce is that she is somebody who has made it this far in part because, you know, a lot of things came together the right way at the right time to put her where she is, but also because she's incredibly hardworking. And I think that that's one thing that that's not going to go away. I, I think that she is just driven from her core. She, she has, she just seems to, to be the kind of person who doesn't know how not to work hard. And I love that about her. I, I love that she is a boss, you know, like there's that um, Sinead O'Connor album. I'm not bossy. I'm the boss. And that applies to, to Beyonce fully. And again, the whole astrology thing, very Virgo. <laughs> Um, I agree. (laughs) (laughs) She works hard. She expects people to work hard for her as well. And I think that's one thing where it's like, it can be a bit of a pitfall because I think that it's one thing to expect a lot of yourself. And I think it's, it's one thing to, um, to have certain expectations, but you can't put the same amount of perfectionism on everybody else around you because not everybody works the same way that you do. But I, also don't think that there's anything to be ashamed of it certainly requires some um some uh, managerial savvy you know coming to terms with the fact that not everybody can do things the way that you do like i think it was during homecoming that she was talking about how she has to remember that other people need to eat and use the bathroom because she gets into these these spaces where she she just is moving forward at a thousand miles per minute and she forgets that other people can't do what she yeah. doesn't like i guess shut off her bladder <laughs> i don't know how that works <laughs> she has like teacher bladder where you just like just magically don't pee for eight hours but oh, but I, I i think that that there's nothing that she can't do because she when she sets her sights on something it's not even just that she works so hard for it is that it's that she has a vision of how she wants to accomplish it and what she wants the outcome to look like, which I think is something that's very important because you can work as hard as you want, but if you don't have in your mind, what you want to see as the outcome, you're driving fast and hard towards nothing. And for some people, it's enough to to be driven by outside motivations. You know, if, if you have, a collaborator who has great ideas and all you have to do to have there is the drive and their ideas. That's great. But she has it all. Like she has the idea. She has the drive. She has the motivation. And I, I think like the reason I keep talking about this is because I, I, I think that because of sexism, it's often seen as a bad thing for a woman to have all of this drive and to have this singular focus and to have a vision that you want to achieve as perfectly and as closely to the to have it match what's in your head as possible so i i think people kind of tend to label you as hard to work for hard to work with 
too demanding, too exacting, too perfectionistic, which some of it may well be true, but there's also a lot of of the idea that, well, you know, it's a woman, so it really shouldn't have to be this this hard. Like, you know, why can't she be more nurturing? Why should she be more nurturing? She's your boss. That's not to say, okay, listen, I'm big on on bosses and managers putting humans first. That's very important to me, but at the same time, I don't think that there's anything wrong with somebody having a vision and wanting it to come out the way that they want. That's, you know, you, you can have the, the two things work together. And I I also, you know, she's already inspired a lot of a lot of artists. There are a lot of people out there who are inspired by her um by her look, by her sound, by her motivation. And I think that's only going to continue. I think that her albums will stand the test of time. I really think that Lemonade is one of those albums that for as much hype as it's gotten, I still think it's underrated. You know, I, I think people kind of haven't realized its full potential and its full mission. Like people are, are kind of in a lot of ways sometimes focused on the, on the musical aspect of it and not so much on the message behind it and the intention behind it. So I think it'll still be a few years before before people really get to how deep it is. This isn't a palm tree. It's an oak. It's a redwood. It's going to be there forever. Uh, on a side note, I'm not a plantologist, so I don't know how long palm trees actually last. <laughs> so don't come at me saying that, well, actually, plant uh, palm trees last longer than redwoods. I don't know these things. Let me be. That's our biggest listening <laughs> Trilologists, listen, trilologists out there. Okay, you know what I meant, right? Okay, I'm an artist, not a trilologist, but I, I really think that her vision will stand the test of time because her vision is so solid and she's so invested in it. And more than so many artists out there think, like she really defines what a visionary is—somebody who really sees something very clearly and puts it out there clearly, communicates clearly what it is that she intends. And what she wants you to see. And I also think that. I also think that just as a human. She. The fact that she is. Uh, so vulnerable. In so many ways. In the ways that she will allow herself to be vulnerable. In front of the world. I think that's very important. Because she has done a lot. For people who have gone through stuff. She has done a lot for people to have something that they can hang their hopes on or, or that they can dream with. Um, she, she has talked about how she wants to, for her music to be something to help with healing. And it's very evident because part of healing, it's not just, you know, cupcakes and roses. It's also the thorns. You have to deal with the, with what's under the scar. In order for the for the the healing to really take hold, you can't just say, "Okay, well, I've gone through it and I'm fine now." No, you have to really dig into, you know, what were you feeling? What did you go through? What was the problem? You know, feel angry, feel upset, and I think that that's one of the, the greatest testaments to her is that Black women feel more empowered to be visibly upset to be visibly angry and to feel like 
Well, you know, Beyonce was very visibly angry, very publicly angry, very publicly sad. And she went through this. I don't necessarily have to hide my emotions because it will be seen as unseen, un, uh, as unseemly because I'm a black woman. And, and that to me, I think is the, the biggest thing, the emotional impact that she, that she has had and is having and will have on her fans who are black women. And just, even if you're not her fan and you've listened to her music and one song resonated with you, if one line resonated with you and got you a little bit closer to a moment of healing or even a moment of peace, I think that is a huge, huge legacy. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I, uh, I think, you know, I think her lasting legacy will be the impact, you know, not just the influence that she will have and um, that a lot of artists will, will gain from her and that a lot of artists will be influenced by her, um, but also just the lasting impact of her words and her music and her songs on everyday regular human beings, you know, that aren't artists. I think that is really profound. And I think for any artist out there, I think that is the big dream is that your art will touch people and will last and will continue to touch lives for decades to come. And I think for Beyonce, that's definitely going to happen. I think, you know, decades from now, someone will, um, you know, discover the Lemonade album for the first time or something like that. And, and they'll listen to it and be like, oh, wow, this is like everything I'm feeling in this moment. Or they'll find some kind of courage or some kind of strength or some kind of um, an ally for them in the music, an ally for them in the words, an ally for them in in just who she is. And then also if it's someone who wants to be an artist but feels maybe they can't or isn't sure um, where to start or where to begin, maybe they'll hear her music and feel some kind of inspiration or some kind of stepping stone as well. And so I think the greatest artists that really, really last for decades and decades are artists like Beyonce, where you can see that those, the words and the music and even in the performances as well, the dancing, everything will have a lasting impact on generations to come um, and will help people as well. So I think that's the other big thing. And I think great art can only help people heal and um, grow and embrace and be okay with who they are too and embrace who they are. And I think that's really, really what her biggest lasting legacy will be. So, which is an amazing, amazing, incredible thing. So, yes. So thank you so much, Carla, for joining me. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you. I think this this was a ton of fun. I did do a Six Degrees of Finn Whitrock. Was it from from Poxy Cleopatra? No, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I like this one because of other things we've talked about today. <laughs> now I like it more. I started with the film Obsessed, and then I used Idris Elba, my future co-star. <laughs> Idris Elba, can't wait to work with you. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> We're going to have so much fun. <laughs> I can't wait to thank you in my acceptance <laughs> speech, and you to thank me, more importantly. Yes, more importantly. <laughs> Dreammakers. 
<laughs> yes, and then and then you you can thank Carl and I for this amazing role we found you. So, mwah. <laughs> Maybe I should get the kiss out there. (laughs) Anyway, so Idris Elba was in Thor, Love and Thunder, with our unofficial mascot, Mr. Christian Bale, who was in The Big Short with Finn. And Christian Bale will soon be starring with Carla. That's right. And also with Beyonce. So (laughs) (laughs) it all ties together. Pretty soon wow. you'll, be able, you'll be able to use me as a degree. Yes, I'll be able to use myself as a degree. <laughs> that's true, yes. Oh my gosh, that's going to be amazing. Um, <laughs> well, also Finn is going to be in that romantic comedy too. That's so. true, as, as Bale's cousin. Yes. They look so alike, it's a natural fit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're practically twins. <laughs> From my mother's side. so yeah so thank you again carla so if you want to tell the listeners where they can find you and your podcast your other podcast you co-host yes (laughs) (laughs) bed what are we had yes my um of the the two out of question mark podcasts that i (laughs) co-host I also co-host Bedwetter Behead podcast with Meg, who's also a frequent panelist. She was second to me in panelism last year for the Venom thing. In panelism? Panelism, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and you can find Bedwetter Behead anywhere that you get your podcasts. Look for us also on Twitter, where we mostly just retweet stuff. And occasionally you'll find a fun gem from me. Um, at bedwet behead pod on Instagram at bed.wet.behead.pod. Look for us on other social media. Look for bedwet or behead podcast. Follow us regardless of whether or not we have content, just out of solidarity. You know, you want to. You can look for me and my art and my musings on Instagram at carlatemis or my website, carlatemis.com. That's C A R L A T E M I S dot com. And something that I almost never remember to mention is that I also have some of my art available on Society Six, uh, which you can purchase as posters and coasters and other things that rhyme with those words. Um, look for Society Six, uh, the number six slash Karatemis. Or maybe Society. I don't know. Look for Society Six dot com slash Karatemis. I think that's how it goes. Okay, send me the link and I will put it in the show notes. <laughs> I will do that and then people will actually find it. There you go. Yes, so look for that link in the show notes. I was trying to think coasters, posters, roasters, toasters. Yes. <laughs> toasters. <laughs> a what would a roaster. ghoster be? What would a ghoster be? Is it something oh, that catches like ghost ghosts or that makes people yeah. into ghosts? Because I don't think I'm done with murder. <laughs> no, it's catching the ghosts. Or it's, it's I like, like an, that. It's an e-reader. It tells you oh, there are ghosts. Yes. Okay. Cool. <laughs> uh, well, this is Aaron. I'm not going to give you my Twitter because if you listen to our Wednesday episode, it's just pointless because I don't really do anything on there anymore. <laughs> so once again, I am going to give you Fergie. Amazing TikTok. It's amazing. You are going to go on here, make her viral. She deserves it. 
Yes, Fergie has been DMing me secretly, being like, I'm so sad I'm not viral. <laughs> it sounds like, woof, 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 woof. But I understand perfectly. <laughs> I can just see Fergie just. <laughs> um, but that is, I'm going to spell it out because it's also my late dog Schroeder's on there. So you'll see his big head. Um, because he was a American bulldog pit bull mix, so you'll see his big sleeping head in the profile picture. But it's at Schroeder and Fergs, which is S C H R O E D E R A N D F E R G S. I don't know why I'm singing that, but <laughs> and you'll find some two recent amazing TikToks that really I can't believe they're not viral. But since the last time that Carla and I recorded, one of them did jump from 40s to 105 views. So that's Whoa. <laughs> Somebody's listening in. We're not even live streaming and somebody heard us. <laughs> <laughs> it's happening. She's going to become a viral sensation. <laughs> hey, it'll be all part of it. She will be in one of the movies we do. <laughs> See, this is great because... You know, Chrissy B can can have her as his pet in our rom com, and then Idris can have her as his pet in your rom com slash um horror. Slash horror. Slash. <laughs> <laughs> Aww, for you'll be like, I get to be with all the men. Um. <laughs> yes. So, yes, I can't wait for Fergie to also thank us in her best dog of the year, except I don't know if they give awards for that, but they should. At the Barkies. At the Barkies. Barkies. Thank you to my Auntie Erin, who never gave up on me. And to my other auntie, Carla. <laughs> That's right. We believe in you. Uh, be sure to like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash it's a fandom thing pod. On Twitter at fandom thing pod. No, it's in that one. On Instagram at it's a fandom thing pod. Uh, we are also on TikTok at it's a fandom thing pod. If you have any feedback, show notes, um, if Idris, Beyonce, Christian, y'all want to get a hold of us, feel free to go over to our website. It's a phantomthingpod.com. Click the contact us button there. I will believe it's from you. <laughs> totally. We won't be skeptical at all. <laughs> yeah, not at all. <laughs> but that'll shoot me an email and we'll reach out and we'll discuss our upcoming projects. It'll be amazing. And, um, oh, I did want to mention really quickly our Patreon account because we have some great content that's coming up right now. If you're listening to this before February 12th, on the afternoon of February 12th, we're going to do a game night. So we're going to play, like, Would You Rather, maybe some Cars Against Humanity, but you have to be a Patreon member to play along. So for as little as three bucks a month, click on the link in the show notes. You can get that. Uh, we recently did an episode talking about the Winchesters. Uh, we also did a bonus Christian Bale episode, Carla and I did. Um, we have an episode coming up on Notting Hill. And then coming in March, Cocaine Bear! <laughs> 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 uh, 
if you need representation, cocaine bear, we can us as well. And then also, just to let you know, Tanya, they have very generously, they are donating three copies of their amazing book that they co-wrote, Fandom Acts of Kindness. So they are donating it to um, three people who donate at the highest level, which is $15, which you also get merch after a certain number of months. You get a bunch of other stuff with that. But on April, if you sign up to be a Patreon supporter at that level, and you still are at that level on, a- on April 15th, I will randomly be picking three names that will get a copy of Tanya's incredible book. I've read it. It's really, really good. So please go sign up now. Click the link in the show notes. And next week, we are going to be switching to talking about, I mean, yes, both um, Aaliyah and Beyonce did act as well. But now we're switching mainly to two amazing women who are actors and directors. Uh, We are going to be talking about Regina King next week. And then we're going to round out the month talking about, I think, she is going to be winning the Oscar. This is my Fingers prediction. Crossed. I know the fact that she did it. Anyway, ah, we'll get to that. We'll get to the what love's got to do with it and that Angela Bassett should have already won. So we're going to be talking about these amazing women as well. So until next time, remember, it's a fandom thing. Black Lives Matter and Stop Asian Hate. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply.